Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to SWAT Radio. I'm David Gray, along with my friend and SWAT compatriot, Brad Sykes. And we are happy to be with you here live today from uh, Jacksonville, Florida. We're saying live specifically because here in the month of June, we've been doing some live broadcasts and we've been doing some best of SWAT radio broadcasts. And we want to let you know that we're with you live today and uh, tomorrow and Friday. And I think probably next week as well, we'll be um, best of SWAT replays. I think tomorrow, Doug is going to have on uh, some folks that went on his last Israel trip with him. Uh, he did an interview with them when they got back from Israel back, I think, in December uh, after the trip. And uh, if you're interested in his uh, the trip he leads to Israel, and it's really, we both <clears throat> met, it's more than a trip. It is a pilgrimage for it sure. It is, no doubt. And uh, if you have never been, I mean, I, I encourage especially people who have been walking with the Lord for many years, who have been a student of the Bible. If you are a student of the Bible and you've never been to Israel, um, I highly recommend it. If you're a new believer, uh, you may want to get a few years under your belt of really studying the scriptures because I think when you go over there, it just comes to life over mm, there. It absolutely does. And uh, uh, so the replay that I shouldn't say replay, the best of SWAT radio that'll be on tomorrow uh, will include uh, SWAT um, attenders and members and brothers Jay Rolfe, Tim Hawes, and Phil Wise, the three guys that I know pretty well that attend uh, uh, Pontevedra Presbyterian. Uh, Jay and Tim especially get to play a lot of golf with and uh, known Phil for a long time as well. Phil's been a couple of times, I think, to Israel. so he's got a With un- Doug. Yes, mm. so he's got a unique perspective. So Doug's interview with those uh, gentlemen will be on uh tomorrow at three and then on friday uh it will be a best of swat radio replay uh featuring perry bowers who is the founder of focused living and doug uh interviewed perry he was a guest on swat radio back in january um and then next week again there'll be some uh, best of swat radio so but want you to tune in for that and i think brad like we said yesterday you and doug will be back live uh starting in early in july probably after right, yeah it'll right be after, after the fourth of july weekend right. um i do want to make one other just mention uh for those of you who routine listeners to swat maybe you even attend the swat bible studies um every summer doug uh hosts what we call a training day it's not a it's not a retreat because uh there's no the retreats aren't biblical by the way uh they are a training day uh they are a, just a a one day uh for the men of swat and if you want to come attend this one day event august 5th here in jacksonville at the salem center and if you want to find more information go to swatradio.com uh you can just click on there you'll see the you'll see a tab there for the uh the summer uh training day um they you know i don't know what's better the golf or the teaching but there's always just solid teaching we always have a a a choice as to whether you want to go play golf go fishing offshore or inshore uh skydiving i don't know big one i don't know who signs up for that we've had a few uh, we have have, had a few yeah uh sailing is another one uh that we have uh marksman shooting yep so uh I've, i've done that 
Yep. Obviously, as a golfer, I tend to I tend to do the golf. Uh, well, the but good, these days, my, the, my swing is uh, yeah. The good thing about golf, though, at the at the training day, is that it's always nice and cool. Yes, Here that's right. August fifth. Yeah, August. 5th. By the way, have you seen the temperatures in my home state of Texas? No, I have not. Oh my word! I mean, Corpus Christi, um, hundred and four, wow. I think, with wow. a heat index of one nineteen. San Antonio, hundred and five, heat index one fifteen. Wow. It's only June 21st. I was going to say, it's warming up here, but nothing like that. We're, but we're officially in the rainy season. Yeah. That's for well, sure. Well, speaking of Texas, how about my TCU Horn Frogs? <laughs> Playing the Florida well, Gators yeah, if, today? If it, I know you if, have mixed it, feelings here. <laughs> if it seems like I'm distracted, it's because I am distracted. I am looking at, uh, I'll be following that game. So the Florida Gators. College World Baseball World Series. Yes, taking yeah. on the TCU Horn Frogs. Although. Um, you know, I know we usually take a, a little time to discuss kind of events that are going on in the world. And speaking of my TCU Horn Frogs, I'm a little disappointed to, to, to share this with you. But this was, I don't know if you, you read the Daily Wire or listen to the Daily Wire. That's Ben Shapiro's network. Uh, this is the headline, Texas Christian University to hold Queer Art of Drag Course. Um, I don't recommend you go read this. This will very, as an alumni, uh, very discouraging. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's time to take Christian out of TCU. Yeah, that's a shame. Uh, but anyway, all that to say, I, I know that's just one school. But when a school puts the name Christian in there and then says they're going to have a transgender queer course mm-hmm. provided, um, yeah, not really. Uh walking the walk yeah I, I sent that article to a friend of mine who I, was a fraternity brother of mine he graduated with me he played basketball at tcu <clears throat> and uh he said well and he's he, he's done very well in business he said well that'll i just wrote my last check to them mm. last month yeah uh, they won't be getting any more of my of the yeah. money i have Right. Until they recognize the ninety nine point nine percent of their alumni who are not in that camp, right? And right. you know, it's I know we've talked about it here, Doug and I certainly have. Just the the uh, silent majority. Yeah, we need to stop being silent. That's right. Well, I think one of the one of the ploys of the media and one of the ploys of our enemy is the stories that come out and the way that whether it's transgender issues or um other issues in that in that camp are presented uh they're presented like the majority of the population to your point is in that camp and and it's a very small percentage of the population Mm -hmm. but it's presented to us like everyone thinks this way (laughs) or everyone is in this lifestyle and and that's just very far from the truth but if you look at the headlines and you look at what dominates the news and you look at what's in the in the media in general you would think that the entire country or the majority of the entire country thinks this way and or is involved in this lifestyle and that's just not true but that's part of the plan right that's part of the enemy's plan is to make it normative Mm -hmm. to make it culturally acceptable we've talked about this before i think back to when my kids were little and my wife and I were listening regularly to James Dobson, mm-hmm. focus on the family and so much good stuff from him back then. And 
but he he talked 30 years ago about the you know just to put it kind of an umbrella term on it the gay agenda yeah and and in things like gay marriage and things like that and how really what they were after were our kids yeah that's right and <clears throat> and now some of that stuff that was controversial then or being talked about then has been normalized if you will yeah. in the culture yeah and and exactly what Dobson was warning about has happened. Yeah. And now we're into more extreme things. Well, not only that, yeah. I mean, the extremism that is populating the the headlines is just crazy. I mean, uh, you were just sharing something before we came on the air about the Girl Scouts. Yeah. I mean, you read these things and it's almost... I don't want to, it's not humorous. So I don't mean to say that, but it's almost like laughable yeah. um, when you, you hear about these things. Yeah. Doug and I were talking about this yesterday after the broadcast. He caught me as I was going into the grocery store. We, and we were talking about just the fact that um, what's maybe, while it's disappointing that these, these are the things that we're talking about these days. I mean, who would have, who would have thought 20 years ago we'd be talking about the kind of stuff we're talking about? Mm -hmm. And I say we're talking about it. We're not, we don't tend to talk about these things that much. However, uh, as believers, we certainly need to have a biblical worldview and, and be able to counter these things. Yeah. And what Doug said is equally disturbing because, listen, lost people, as I said yesterday, lost people are going to do lost things. When I was lost, I did lost things. As a saved person, I do lost things mm -hmm. as well. Right. So right. that's part of the transformative process, which you and I are discussing yeah. yesterday and today. But what, what Doug was saying, and I couldn't agree more, is how disappointing to see some of the pastors that, quite frankly, have been theologically sound over the years. And we have, you know, we have pointed people to these teachers um, who have kind of gone wayward mm. and i mean we hear about people who go go astray but you know as we talked about and we have been talking about for the last couple of weeks as we're working our way through this book uh which is called the discipleship gospel is how paul in galatians says if anyone preaches to you a gospel contrary to the one i taught to you yeah let him be accursed yeah, yeah. and yet we have churches pastors who have been well respected over the years preaching a contrary gospel yeah and that's where it gets really scary i think you know it's one thing for a pastor or an individual to to have a, a sin issue or have their own issue right Every, or to say something wrong right but to have a pattern of <laughs> teaching something that is incorrect or incomplete is another matter, right? Yeah. I mean, most of the New Testament, most of what Paul was doing and writing about, a lot of what John wrote about was to battle false teaching. That's right. And 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 that's what we're, you're right. That's what we're talking about with this book. And you know, as we as we talk about the discipleship aspect of the gospel, or the kingdom gospel, mm -hmm. or the discipleship gospel, that that following Jesus means not compromising not you know think about the letters to the churches in revelation mm. you know what jesus talks about i don't remember the specific one off the top of my head but there are churches that he admonishes yes for their compromise um and 
Is that what's going on today in, in some of these places, like you said, that have been well-respected and on point? Yeah. They, and, they've left their first love. Yeah. 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 So. Well, uh, I got a text from a, one of our Texas listeners, uh, big TCU guy, says, okay, you're, you're a sports guy. Yes. Yeah, we're talking about sports. Schools to ever play in the college football playoffs the NCAA basketball tournament and the college world series in the same year. I'm going to guess it's TCU. TCU is the only school. <laughs> wow. That's quite a stat. How about that. That is a stat. Cause we forget that they were in the uh, college football playoff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> it that's... wasn't, it wasn't a strong appearance no, uh, before uh, the, the red and the black, yeah, but, but you got to get there. You don't have a chance to, to win it if you don't get there. So just to get yeah. there, you know, a lot of other schools sitting at home. But that's, yeah. that's a great stat. Well, credit to the uh, the uh, uh, athletic director at TCU. I don't know who he is, but he's doing a great job. We are going to take our first break of the day. And when we come back, we're going to continue uh, with our discussion of the book, The Discipleship Gospel. Uh, we started getting into the third chapter of that book yesterday, talking a little bit about the essential elements of the gospel Jesus taught and Jesus preached, uh, as well as the essential element of uh, the of discipleship being part of, of the gospel. So we're going to get back into that when we come back, and we're glad you're listening on SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, serving San Marco at 91.7. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes. Glad you're with us this afternoon as we come to you live from Jacksonville, Florida. We were at the top of the program mentioning again Doug's uh, the trip that he leads to Israel and wanted to make sure that you know the dates of that trip uh, for this year are November 24th. I think it's literally the Friday after Thanksgiving. Um, that he leaves, and uh, the return is December 5th. So November 24th to December 5th, and if you have questions or want more information 
uh, about that trip to Israel. I think Doug still has some spots open. I think there's a. I think there's just a few spots. Yep. Uh, I think there's so far about thirty going. I yep. think he mentioned yesterday. Yep. But, but you, uh, you can email him at Doug at SWATradio.com. And again, Brad and I have both been. It's a. It's a wonderful trip. Not only uh, the teaching that Doug gives and the places that you see, but the folks that you get to know on the mm-hmm. trip and the relationships. And Doug has a great guide, uh, Rayed, right. that, that we use over <laughs> uh, that he uses over uh, in Israel, who is uh, wonderful in terms of the history of the country and the history of uh, things that happened at certain sites. And he really adds a uh, a natives, if if you will, a Jewish flavor. Um, to the to the trip and and of course Doug's teaching at all the different sites really um, <laughs> makes the trip that much more powerful. I I'm sure I, I think about the sites we visited and and I and of course I think about the physical sites, but I at every one of them I can kind of I can remember yeah. what Doug talked about yeah and yeah. Um, you know from Caesarea Philippi to the to pulling off a road and going up into the the fields that uh, Jesus parable about the the, the word falling on the or the seed falling on the various types of soil to um, to uh, you know uh, um, being in Jerusalem and the sites at Jerusalem on the southern steps of the temple to to uh, uh, now I'm I'm blanking on the tunnel the water tunnel what was the king who what uh, was the king oh who uh, um, uh, your thought uh, yeah yeah uh, we'll we'll get it yeah, for we'll the get third it. second but anyway all these sites. <laughs> Um, at Mount Carmel with with Elijah and Elijah fighting the prophets of Baal or God fighting against yeah. the prophets. The of shepherds' Baal. fields, the shepherds' fields, uh, singing. Sing, we we went in January, but sang uh, uh, "Hark the Herald Angels Sing" in a cave in the shepherds' we, yes. field. Yes, uh, yep. Probably very similar to what Jesus was born in. Amazing. So just a just a great trip. My uh, my uh, soon to be. So I think I've mentioned this. I, my last of five children is getting married October first. And uh, her fiance uh, just got back from a two-week trip to Israel. Okay, and uh, it was really more of a mission trip mm-hmm. for him. Doing right. uh, it was doing vacation Bible school oh, wow. in Israel. Wow! Uh, but his first his first time over there, oh. and I'm he's he's flying into town tonight, so I'm excited to get to spend some time with him and talk about it. Oh, I'm sure but, he's uh, got a lot to tell you. Oh, no doubt, especially yeah. when it's fresh on your mind after you've been. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so check it out. Go to go to uh, SWAT Radio or or email Doug at SWATradio.com. Hezekiah's um, tunnel. That's what I was trying that's to That's right. Of. Hezekiah's water tunnel that brought in water from the Gihon Springs, which mm-hmm. were outside the walls of Jerusalem and brought it in. And it was a miraculous building of this tunnel and uh, ending, I think, at the Pool of Siloam, where um, Jesus did miracles. And uh, you can walk through that tunnel. Uh, it's a little chilly <laughs> and a little tight in some spots, but uh, did you y'all y'all did the hike up in Getty, right? Uh, yes, yeah. to the waterfall and yeah. everything. This, that's another great spot. And that's you do Getty. that. I think we did that after Masada. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. That yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Masada was just yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah, I thought you were actually talking about how how the king got the water up to Masada. Oh, that yeah. that's another that's an amazing that's another story. one. I was talking about the yeah. That, uh, the tunnel right there in the heart of Jerusalem uh, where Hezekiah was worried about if the city was under siege, they, the, the enemy could stop the water Yeah, because the water, the springs were outside the city gates. And so he built this tunnel uh, to bring water into the city. And they, they started on either end with no 
engineering equipment, GPS, like we would have today, <laughs> lasers, and they, they met right in the middle, mm. uh, you know, off by inches or something like that. Just obviously God's God's hand. Well, I, I know we're going to get into it a little bit today, uh, just kind of picking up where we left yesterday. Uh, we were looking at Mark 8, Mark chapter 8, uh, and I was just an hour ago looking through that text again, you know, where Jesus addresses the disciples where he asked them, you know, who do people say that I am? Where is he? He's in Caesarea Philippi, where this is going on. Okay. And uh, having been there in Caesarea Philippi, what an amazing place. Yeah. Uh, very sobering. Yeah. Yeah. A pagan center. Yeah. Could, couldn't have been more debauched oh, things just, that were going on there. We talked about this before, about how the disciples must have wondered, why are we here? Hmm. We're good, you know, good Jewish boys in, in uh, Caesarea Philippi, but uh, Jesus used that opportunity, like Doug teaches there, uh, to illustrate that the gate, it's where he says, the uh, Peter, he's, he tells Peter that he's going to be the rock on yeah. which the church is founded and that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I never forget Doug's teaching about, well, what, what are gates? They're defensive. Mm-hmm. That means the church is mm. to be on offense, yeah. is to be offensive, and and should go into place like places like that, even places that, uh, you know, from a figurative sense, are hell on earth. Yeah. Well, right? we tend to look at our society and comment about how evil it is. Well, that was a whole new kind of evil uh, right. with what was going on in Caesarea Philippi. That's if you're not familiar with it, go check it out. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> Well, That's you know, right. we'll we'll jump into what we've been working through over the last week or two as we have been uh, discussing the Discipleship Gospel book written by Bill Hull and Ben Sobels. And by the way, if you are part of SWAT, uh, I recommend get the book. I know I keep in touch with a number of the SWAT guys who are have uh, been really pushing guys to be readers. And so uh, get that book this summer. It's a, It's a good book to read. Because when we come back after the summer training day, and then we get back into our studies, uh, we're going to really be taking men through this book Mm. and uh, just stressing the importance of discipleship. And, uh, boy, we've talked a lot about discipleship, and uh, we're specifically talking about the discipleship gospel as we, you and I have kind of bannered back and forth with the idea, what is the gospel, yeah. you know? And uh, as as uh, uh, Greg Gilbert says in his book, What is the Gospel? He, he he lines up 10 people, asks them, and these aren't just 10 random people off the street. These are 10 people who are in ministry. Yeah. You know, what what is the gospel? And uh, you're going to get 10 different answers. Yeah. And yeah. So, And you and I talked about how important it was for us um, – several years ago when we went on a mission trip to the Philippines and we did some training on mm-hmm. how do we present, we were going to have 10 or 15 minutes in these classrooms and how were, how were we to present the gospel? And I, and we practiced it and, yeah. we, and, and that was, huge. Yeah. that was great training for me personally, because I don't know if I had ever gone through something like that and thought about, okay, if I just have a few minutes, what would I say to make it clear and concise? And, and I think having gone through the first few chapters of this book, what I would add, you know, what we, what we learned for the Philippines was basically four points, right? That God's original plan was to have his kingdom here on earth, Mm -hmm. unstained, 
unspoiled and have people, starting with Adam and Eve, in complete, perfect, and dependent relationship on him, where he would be their God and take care of all their needs, and they would worship and obey him, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the kingdom of God, and that exists now in heaven, and we're going to find out about more about this as we go through this book, but that exists in heaven. It always has, and it existed on earth in the beginning, but sin spoiled it, and God through Jesus, is in the process of restoring that kingdom. And so yeah. the kingdom has come in the person of Jesus, and it's it's in the process of being restored. But um, now I totally forget no, what I was No, you were talking about at. the four points. <laughs> the, that the four points, God, right? God's, God's plan. God's plan, our sin, our problem, yeah. our sin, which separates us from God and, and not just separates us but causes us to be under God's wrath and punishment yeah. for eternity. God's loving solution in the person of Jesus or provision provision God's uh, provision in the person of Jesus um, for the forgiveness of our sins. But also now I think as we talk about this, it's not just about the forgiveness of our sins, even though that's a huge part of it. So that when we die, we go to heaven. It's Mm -hmm. about forgiving us, adopting us into his family now yeah. So that we can serve in his kingdom here and advance mm-hmm. the kingdom and mm-hmm. be part of the restoration yep. of the kingdom yep. on the earth. And that's the fourth point is that our we uh, the gospel demands a response. That yeah. Those th- first three yeah. points demand a response from us. We can't just mentally assent and agree with these points. We have to respond by what this book talks about by believing, repenting, or repenting, believing, and following Jesus. Yeah. Those are the imperatives that Jesus gave as part of the gospel, that that's the correct response. Yeah. That's the response he demands. I'm wondering, you know, since uh, since our time in the Philippines a few years ago, and that was incredibly helpful to, and by the way, it looks like on the back of your phone you have a gospel. I do. Yeah. So it's just kind of a, a good reminder um, and so when we talk about taking guys through this book, it's really an equipping process because it's not, it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to share it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, I use this analogy a lot. I go see a, a good movie or I go to a great restaurant. It's just in our, it, it should be in us to share good news. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, that is what we're looking at. The gospel is the good news that the kingdom of God has come. So I'm wondering, just to put you on the spot, those four points you just mentioned, God's plan, Mm -hmm. man's problem, God's provision, and man's response. After reading these first three or four chapters, I'm kind of coming away with a not a different approach. I still would include those four points. But there's these imperatives, these uh, declarative statements that Jesus makes and the imperatives. Yes. The idea that there has to be a response. Yeah. I, I think to your point and to your question uh, to me, I, I think what I'm finding is that there are gaps in my own understanding. Mm-hmm. There are There are places where I could strengthen my understanding of the gospel and therefore hopefully my sharing of right. the gospel right. and and my own my own following of Jesus in my own life um i i think that um we have had it presented to us in this culture 
so much that it's about the forgiveness aspect. And, and it is. It absolutely is. Because without that, none of the other stuff can happen. Without believing, without repenting, believing, we can't be part of God's family. We can't approach a holy God if we're not, if our sin problem isn't taken care of. Mm. So that's a vital part of it, of course. I would never diminish that. But but then the further to that is the following and the obedience <laughs> that comes, they're hand in hand. Yeah, as a result of that relationship. That's right. No that's question. Right. So, we'll, you know, when we come back from the break, uh, but we'll jump back in. We'll talk about these these false gospels. We'll talk about the gospel, yeah. uh, the the kingdom gospel. Yeah. Uh, when we come back, yeah, and continue on those uh, elements of the gospel that Jesus preached that we started to talk about yesterday. Give us a call at eight four four seven 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 nine two eight if you have a comment or a question, and we will be right back on SWAT Radio. Back to Genesis with Doctor John Morris author and seminar speaker with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, since in the Garden of Eden, people were eating plants and certainly insects died there, can we say that there was no death before sin? Chris, creationists insist on the biblical doctrine that the wages of sin is death and that Adam's rebellion brought death into a once very good creation which had no death. In doing so, we must be careful to use the right terms. Certainly Adam and Eve were commanded to eat fruit in the garden, and this implies plant death. It would also be difficult for Adam to avoid stepping on an ant as he walked around. But is this death? The Bible never uses the term living for plants or insects. It teaches that life is in the blood and speaks of the breath of life. Thus only air-breathing, blood-filled animals lived or died. Chris, there was no true death before sin. Let's go back to Genesis for our perspective on these things. Thanks for joining us for Back to Genesis. Expect some delays because of a crash on I-10 eastbound at the 295 West Beltway. Also, there's an accident on I-95 northbound before I-10 near downtown. And there's congestion on the East Beltway, 295 northbound near Butler Boulevard. Scattered showers and thunderstorms tonight, low 73. Thursday, more clouds, more storms, high 91. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes, glad you're with us as we come to you from Jacksonville here today on the first day of summer, the 21st oh, day of right. June. Oh, that's right. It is. I think, uh, I don't haven't read anything about it impacting us, but I think there is a hurricane out there. We're up to the Bs already. Are I you guess serious? I missed the A hurricane, but uh, I forget the name of the storm, but um, uh, yeah, it's starting. So those of us who live in the southeast United States, this time of year we start, although generally the bad ones tend not to start being in play till August or September, but we got to start keeping an eye on things. So are you telling me there's already one out there? I think there is There is one out there, yeah. That, and the track was bringing it toward Puerto Rico and the Caribbean, so we'll see. Okay. We'll, we'll see. But anyway, we've been talking over the last few days and going back a couple of weeks about the discipleship gospel or the kingdom gospel and just to do a, a to catch us up to where we left off yesterday and to do a very high level flyover 
Uh, the authors of this book, as 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 Brad said, Ben Bill Hull and Ben Sobels are are talking about at the beginning, the first couple chapters about the fact that there are competing or false gospels out there, uh, and, and and what is the gospel that Jesus preached versus what some of these false gospels are. And we talked about the forgiveness only gospel, the gospel of the left wing, the prosperity gospel, the consumer gospel, the gospel of the right wing, and all the. They're really no, as as Paul says in Galatians, no gospel at all. If they're incomplete, they're false. Um, and and then uh, the the authors in chapter two get into you know what is the gospel. And one of the authors and Brad and I were talking about this in the break. One of the authors even admitted that he he's a pastor, and one time he had a golden opportunity to share with his neighbor, and he had a hard time doing it. He had a hard time kind of crystallizing what he wanted to say. <laughs> To his neighbor, and he, and he was, and Brad, you and I were talking about. You ask different believers what the gospel is or how they would share it, and you might get a bunch of a bunch of different answers. Well, you might get one of these five that you just mentioned. Right. right, right. Uh, you may get a combination of those. That's right. Uh, I, I'd say I'd be guilty of that. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. And I think it's, you know, uh, boy, I get a lot of thoughts in my head about the the gospel and. Because he, he even mentions it early in the book that it's gospel-centered this, gospel-centered that. You know, it's we, we throw that word out there a lot, and I kind of hit on it yesterday uh, speaking about what is what is the gospel. And it, it's, uh, it's an English word. It finds its origins in the Greek uh, and the word evangelion. Um, am I pronouncing that right? I think Doug says euangelion. Euangelion. But, you, but I'll, I'll go with either way. Well, we, yeah. And we get the word you, evangelical it, from it. Exactly. We get the, Evangelism. The word from it, right? Yeah, exactly. But, it, you know, it was used to describe an announcement of victory or celebration. When I thought about that, and Doug has said that, it, it's heralded in the streets for all to hear. Now, right. just think about that. Yeah. You know, when when the king would have a victory, right? Not every we didn't get it on social media. You didn't get it through the news. You got it through, you know, somebody higher up that would come yeah. through declaring it. That's yeah, right. And and it's a great picture yeah. of us as God's children um, who are declaring yep. the, the good news yeah, the that vic- there is the a victory vic- of God. The, the, that's there's right. a victory that's, that's happened. Right. And, and that uh, Jesus is king. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, to kind of land that down, you know, in, in our own personal lives, uh, why is it that we don't uh, proclaim or declare the good news? Why? What is keeping you, if you're listening, what's keeping you from declaring the good news? In fact, you can call us if you want. I, I You know, not listen, because we've all been there. Uh, that you were just sharing a minute ago on the break about an opportunity maybe that you had to share the gospel. And I I think it's interesting. And I I have to ask myself, why didn't I share the gospel with that person? I've mentioned about the fact that, uh, you know, you go to New York for a weekend, like I did this past weekend, you eat some pretty good pizza. Now I'm not going to argue with my Chicago friends as to which pizza is better, New York or Chicago. I don't know. Maybe you can tell me Boston's better. I have no idea. It's not. But you know, it's you know, you eat a good meal. You have some great experience. Why? Why would we share that? Do we share that because we want people to know we eat pizza? No. Yeah. It's because you want them to experience the same thing you've experienced. Right. Now, so the question is, 
what have you experienced? Mm-hmm. As, as God's child, what have you experienced? Right. And if your experience has not been earth-shattering, life-changing, life-transformative, yep. then no wonder you're not sharing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Not only that, but I think part of the experience being life-changing and transformative is, and these are we know these are in the pillars of SWAT, part of that is being in the Word. Well, it's all about this, being in the Word, being in prayer, being in community, right? Evangelize, and then mm-hmm. evangelizing and discipleship are our other two pillars. But this idea that as you are adopted into God's family and you, what do you do in families? You 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 spend time with each other, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, you get to know each other, right? As we get to know God and as we look at his word and study the scriptures and we un, we start to understand and we grow in our understanding of who he is and what who we are, and, well, and that was your point in the break, and 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 what our condition is apart from Jesus, then the gospel starts to become normative in our life, and talking about it will come out more uh, intuitively or more naturally. Well, not to keep bringing it to some pizza analogy. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't think you I may ate be lunch. hungry. You we may need to go get eat lunch. The only reason I would share that, you know, some great pizza place or steak place or whatever, is because I've tasted it. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've actually gotten right. a taste of it. Right. And it's so much better than anything else out there. So when I talk about your, your experience, what taste and see that the Lord is good. It's not just the Lord is good. You can declare a pizza is good, a steak is good, and then I can say, oh, have you eaten there? Oh, no, I've never eaten right, there. Right, right. Well, you would never do that. Right, right. You only declare and share with passion and excitement something you've actually experienced. Right. And so I think, and maybe I'm just kind of being honest, I'm just kind of ripping the Band-Aid off here in my own life, is if I've really experienced... Uh, if I've really tasted and seen that the Lord is good, which I have, I ought to be shouting that from the rooftops, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's you, you just mentioned it, and I was going to say, you know, for so long, I think in the church, we've had such a focus on man, you know, understanding who you are. Well, the reality is you'll understand who you are as you understand who God is. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's like, I always feel like one of the best studies you can do is do a study on the attributes of God. Right. As we spend time in God's word, which, as you said, is one of the pillars of SWAT, is time in the word. Time. We, why do we spend time in the word? Is it just a box we check? Is it just a command that's given to renew your mind, transform your mind? Yes, we do that. But we do that so that we can know who God is. Yeah. And as we know who God is, it becomes very apparent as to who we are. Right. <laughs> and right. just how holy God is. And that he loves us anyway. And Which has provided a way for us to be his children. Yeah. And in yep. his family. Yep. Um, and also, of course, and I know you, you were probably getting to this, so that we can discern truth from falsehood. Yep. And so that we can know these false gospels and we can know false teaching and we can 
and we can correct like it says in, in Timothy. So, um, you know, yesterday we got to the part of, you know, talking about the essential elements of Jesus gospel and the author's focus on two main passages. And we read those, uh, Mark 1, 14 to 17 and Mark 8, 27 to 31. And we talked about the fact that in those two passages, there are four declarative or declarative statements about the gospel that Jesus makes. And then there are three imperative statements that are to be our response to the gospel and and that they are all connected. They're not yes. separated. And again, one of the underlying points that the God, that the authors are making about the gospel uh, as it's presented today or the false gospels that are presented is that they they exclude the need for discipleship, for following Jesus. That's a main point, main current running through all of this. Um, but in those passages yesterday, we saw that the 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 first declarative statement in Mark 1, 14 to 16 was that Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. The kingdom of God is at hand. That's a fact. And, and, and in that passage, it says that Jesus was proclaiming the gospel. So we know this is part of the gospel. And it says he's proclaiming the gospel and saying the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. And then he gave the three imperative statements that, that should happen in response to the kingdom of God being at hand. And we'll get into those, you know, when we come back from the next break and kind of kind of talk a little bit more about those seven elements of the gospel that Jesus taught. Uh, like Brad said earlier, give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a comment or a question or want to share uh, an experience about sharing the gospel or uh, thoughts about it. We'd love to hear from you. And we will be right back after this break on SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network. Listen online at ilovethetruth.com. Look down from a broken sky, traced out by the city lights. My world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight. Touchdown in the cold black top Hold on for the sudden stop Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes, glad you're with us. And we left off before the break uh, looking at a passage in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 uh, through 17, I believe, is the, are the verses where Jesus 
first speaks, if you will, about the gospel and uses, uh, the, Mark uses the phrase that Jesus was proclaiming the gospel. And what Jesus says in that passage is, the kingdom of God is at hand. That's that first declarative statement that we were talking about, about Jesus' gospel, the first essential element, the kingdom is here. And then the imperative statements that Jesus made um, after that are, because the kingdom is, is here, repent of sin, believe in the gospel, believe that Jesus is who he says he is, and and follow him, right? Yeah. Follow him. Those are the three imperative statements. That, and they're not suggestions. They are, <laughs> they are the three things that Jesus says he, he expects— he commands in response to the declaration that the kingdom of God is at hand. Well, and I wanted to just kind of bring this out. I know we could probably spend the rest of this broadcast talking about this one thing is these, these imperatives that are in this one, this one passage. Yeah. The declarative is that God's kingdom is here. You and I were talking about the four points that we do that we've done on mission trips or even with our neighbors that, uh, you know, God has had a plan. Uh, We have a man's problem, sin, uh, God's provision, his son, which is what this is right here. That's kind of the first launching point is that, in fact, he even says there in Mark, the time is fulfilled. In other words, there, God had a plan, man messed it up, and God's provision that was promised in the past uh, was that promise was His kingdom mm. would come. Yep. And and here it is, God's kingdom is here, and I think it's it's so often I think related to sharing the gospel. Sharing the gospel isn't just preaching. Or even going through those four points, it's it is imperative. There are imperatives there that you must repent, that you must believe, and that you must follow mm-hmm. or obey. Yep. And you know, oftentimes we've heard people say, "Well, that's legalism." No, that's not legalism. Jesus said, those "If you Jesus love me, words, right. if you love me, you'll keep my commandments." Right. Right. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19, 20, you know, teach them to observe, right. teach them to obey. I just teach them because we think we're sharing the gospel just because we've taught. There's a, there's a, a huge element here about responding. And I love what the, uh, see if I can find it here, the quote that he uses, he says, uh, the, the the gospel's declaration and our responses to it are like a wedding ceremony. The pastor makes declarative statements about what the gospel what the couple is doing, and by responding to what he says, they enter into the covenant of marriage. He says, "When was the last time you went to a wedding and the bride and groom refused to answer the pastor's questions?" Right. Jesus calls us to respond just like a pastor expects the bride and groom to respond at a wedding ceremony. Unless we respond to the good news, we haven't accepted it. Mm-hmm. We emphasize we emphasize this point because there is a trend in the postmodern age to put the good news before the peop, before people in a very attractive package. 
without calling upon them to act on it. Right. And David, let me tell you, I've done that n- a number yeah, of times. Me too. I've I have shared. Uh, in fact, I've even said, "Oh, I shared the gospel. Oh, I shared the gospel. Oh, I shared the gospel." Yeah. I'm not sharing the gospel if I don't ask them to respond. Right. And and the authors, one of the authors' main points here is that the the two aspects that Jesus speaks about here in Mark one that are so neglected in our presentation of the gospel are the kingdom of God is at hand and following Jesus. The repent and believe kind of goes in that forgiveness only package or gospel where people think, okay, I I, I believe a set of facts as mm-hmm. the author puts it about Jesus and I'm sorry for my sins and I'm saying a prayer and now I'm forgiven and I, and I have my ticket into heaven and following Jesus is optional. But, but these are Jesus own words. Like you said, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's, Understand that the kingdom is here, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go forward in this book at a later time, but the kingdom of God coming, God is, I like what the author says, I am getting a little ahead, but in chapter four, and this is how I always understood this to some extent, the kingdom of God means the rule of God, the reign of God, wherever that occurs, that is the kingdom of God, it it, it occurs in, we talked about this earlier, it's in heaven, it was there at the beginning, prior to the fall of man and now god is restoring the kingdom or the rule of god here on earth and it's being done through jesus so there's the kingdom aspect or the the rest the restoration of the kingdom of god or the rule of god led by king jesus and we are to follow jesus and be part of the restoration of the kingdom it's amazing and that's a bigger picture of the gospel <laughs> than we usually hear we don't hear that part of it. We don't, we don't hear, we, and, and I admitted this earlier, maybe during break, maybe on the air, I can't remember, but that, but that too often I've looked at the gospel as just being about what happens to me when I die Yeah, because yeah. my sins are forgiven. And yes, that's obviously part of it, but, but according to Jesus, a big part of it, an essential element as the authors put it is also understanding that the kingdom is being restored and following Jesus, who is the king of that kingdom, yeah. in helping and being in his, he allows us to help in the restoration it's, of the kingdom. It's amazing. It, yeah, when you let that kind of sit there for a little bit and just marinate, <laughs> you realize that we are co-heirs. The Bible says we're co-heirs with Christ. Listen, as you begin to study the Bible and understand who God is, who Christ is, what he's done for us, um, you, you want to share it? You want to you want to declare it? By the way, that that point about the kingdom of God, MacArthur says God's it's God's sovereign rule over the sphere of salvation at present in the hearts of His people, and in the future in a literal literal earthly kingdom. Mm. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Pretty awesome stuff yeah. right there. And if we don't talk about those things, then we're we're guilty of 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 presenting an incomplete or, yeah. or frankly false gospel, right? right. Uh, and and or at least a well a non discipleship gospel, which is a false gospel. Yeah. This idea that you can believe these things and say a prayer, as we've talked about, and then just keep living with no change. Yeah, I think that's the verse 
many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this mm -hmm. and didn't we do that? But there was no, to your point, repentance. There was no heart change. There was no transformation. There was no following. Um, well, and I think there this idea of, of responding, and I guess I never really thought about it in the, turn, in the way you just described it, that um, if I'm only speaking of the gospel, there's no uh, imperative aspect to it. I'm only declaring the fact that the kingdom of God is at hand. Mm. And then as we will look over the next few days, we'll look at the other declarative statements, which we brought out uh, yesterday a little bit, yeah. is that uh, Jesus, uh, he will, he will, uh, he's the Christ. He, he, he's the Christ. Yep. He, he's going to die, but he's going to be resurrected. Right. Those are the other three right. uh, declarative statements, but these imperative statements, uh, there seems to be a fear of putting people on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think about being in the Philippines. I think about other places I've been, you know, where, yeah, raise a hand or pray a prayer. I almost feel like, and again, this isn't a, it's not work salvation, but I want my life today, tomorrow, and the days ahead to be a, 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 a manifestation or a reflection of the fact that I am repenting mm -hmm. daily. Right. Because he who began a good work in me will bring it to completion. Yeah. Um, in other words, I'm still in in works, and as I am sinning, as I sin, I repent. We, we you and I were talking about that in the parking lot yesterday. This idea of repentance, mm -hmm. and that uh, for me, it's it's a it, it is a turning from your sin. It's not a turning to better behavior. It's not wow, I'm I'm really bad in that area i'm going to try and be good those are good that's a right. good idea right you aren't good <laughs> uh, but we turn to the one who is good that's right uh, to christ that's repentance but we only turn to christ because we know what he's done yes and we, we believe what who he is and what he's done right we believe those essential elements of the gospel otherwise why repent why repent if we don't believe that he can do anything about yeah. it yeah right there's yeah. no point yeah in repenting it's so that's that's why as the authors keep pointing out it's all so connected all these elements mm -hmm. are essential to the full picture of the gospel and so um just to recap those seven elements and i think these will be the springboard for as especially as you and doug go forward and of course we're talking about what what the studies are going to be on in the fall that we want to go through some of this but those essential elements would be first the kingdom of god is at hand the response to the kingdom of God being at hand is to repent, believe, and follow Jesus. And those would be one, two, three, and four of the mm -hmm. seven essential elements. Right. Number five would be that Jesus is the Christ, as Peter confesses in Mark 8 at Caesarea Philippi, Philippi. by the way, like we were yep. talking about. Peter confesses that Jesus is the Christ. That's the, that's the sixth element, or fifth essential fifth element. element. The sixth is... Jesus would suffer and die. Yep. He died for our sins. He he was the perfect, spotless Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, as John writes at the beginning of his gospel that John the Baptist said. Mm -hmm. And then number seven, he is alive. He didn't stay dead. God raised him from the dead, proving that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is the Messiah, and also, and maybe less talked about, 
the resurrection proves that God accepted Jesus' sacrifice, right? That Jesus is the true high priest who didn't just go through a copy yeah. of the Holy of Holies. Yeah. He went into the real Holy of Holies and didn't have to take blood for himself mm. because he was the perfect sacrifice. And by raising him from the dead, God signified that all this is true and that his sacrifice is acceptable yeah. for us. So, yeah, and, and um, Paul backs that up in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. That's right. And, uh, you know, nowhere in Mark 8 does it mention the gospel. But Paul ties that back in in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. That's go right. check go check it out. I'm telling you, that's why we love the Word of God. We're going to just stay on here for another 30 minutes. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I just gave somebody a little start there. And Anyway, we're glad you've been with us. Another fast hour. Uh, best of SWAT Radio tomorrow and Friday and next week. And Doug and Brad will be back at the beginning of July. And we'll see you then. Thanks for listening.